message you're about listening to is from Pastor E.A. Adeboe, the General Overseer of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. We'll be looking at 1 Kings chapter 18 from verse 17 to 18. 1 Kings chapter 18 from verse 17 to 18. And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubled Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Bealim. God has spoken to Elijah and has told him, go and show yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain. Elijah had obeyed, and on the way he met Obadiah, you can read the old story, told Obadiah, uh, go and tell Ahab, I want to see him. Obadiah said, ah, you want to kill me? The king has been looking for you all over the place, and uh, you are now asking me to go and tell him uh, you are here. And after I've gone, you disappear. The Spirit of God will just take you away. Now Elijah said, no, I must see Ahab today. Finally, Ahab came. And the first thing Ahab said is very educative. He looked at Elijah, and out of his mouth came, Hey, here comes the troubler of Israel. One of the things you have to deal with as you grow spiritually, is the issue of false accusations. As you grow higher in the Lord, get ready for false accusations. I mean, look at the idol worshiper accusing deeps servant of the Most High God of being the one troubling Israel. When you go through the scriptures, you find that this is what you must expect as you grow in the Lord. In Exodus 14, for example, you can read the story from verse 5 to 12, Exodus 14, 5 to 12. When the children of Israel got to the Red Sea and they looked behind them and saw Pharaoh and his army coming, 
They turned to Moses and said, it is your fault. They even lied and said, we told you when you were in Egypt, leave us alone. Let us keep on serving the Egyptians. They never said that. But now they had a crisis, and <laughs> who do they turn to for accusation? Moses. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, from verse 1 to 6, 1 Samuel 30, from verse 1 to 6, when David, who had been leading his people into the army, I mean, to fight, into raiding all the enemies of Israel, when he led his people out of Siklag, and by the time they returned, they discovered that the enemy had come and had destroyed Siklag and taken their wives and children as slaves. Every one of the men turned on David. It is your fault. They even said they should kill him. <laughs> David, my fault? How? You, yes, you've lost your wife and lost your children, but what about me? I suffered the same loss. Yeah, you're a bad leader. But this is the way of men. They did it even to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you read John chapter 11 from verse 1 to 21, John 11 from verse 1 to 21, when Lazarus died and Jesus arrived on the scene, what was it Martha said? Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother would not have died. It's your fault. And you claim you love also. <laughs> we sent for you. You didn't come on time. That's why. My brother is dead. In John 11, verse 32, John 11, verse 32, Mary said the same thing. Lord, it is your fault. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. So how do you deal with false accusations? Because by the grace of God, we are going to grow higher. And as we grow higher, get ready. It's coming. Number one, you need to know that the original source of false accusations is the devil. Revelation chapter 12 from verse 9 to 11, Revelation 12 verse 9 to 11, told us clearly that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Every false accusation has its source in Satan. Okay, so what do I do? Well, 
you may ignore the accusation and press on. I mean, like in the example in 1 Kings chapter 17, from verse 17 to 24, 1 Kings 17, from verse 17 to 24, when the son of the widow of Zarephath first sick and died, he turned on Elijah. Look at you. Is this the way you want to repay me for what I've done to you? So now you've come to kill my son? Well, in this case, Elijah just picked the child and did the needful. He didn't argue. Proverbs chapter 26, verse 4. Proverbs 26, verse 4 says, Don't answer a fool, lest you also be like unto him. When a fool accuses you wrongly, I would say, just ignore the fool. You remember I told you about the sayings of the elders. I said that they said that there are three kinds of lunacy, three kinds of madness in ascending order of terribleness. They said when you see a man who is naked, Raving mad, walking naked in the street. That is the lowest form of lunacy. Why? Because the moment you see this fellow, you know, here comes a madman, and so you'll be able to take action. And you find a good example in Mark chapter 2, verse 1 to 5. Mark 2, 1 to 5. The madman of Gadara wasn't even living among the people, and people don't go near where he was. But a worst form of madness is the one who is mad and well-dressed. Uh, in my mother tongue, they call them Wiriyalasho, well-dressed madman. And you find an example in Acts chapter 16 from verse 16 to 18. Acts 16 from verse 16 to 18. There was a girl who was even prophesying. She had what they call the spirit of divination. There were quite a lot of mad people who are well-dressed. They are very dangerous because um, unless you have the spirit of uh, discernment, you might not know that they are mad. And by the time you realize they are mad, they would have done a lot of havoc. And then the elder said the highest form of lunacy is those who pay special attention to those who are mad. Those who want to watch them dance, watch them display. 
a madman is dancing in the street, and you, you, you leave your job, and you are watching, and you are being amused by such a fellow. They said, then you are highest category of madness. So at times it pays just to ignore the false accusers and continue with your work. Continue to do what God has called you to do. But then again, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 26, verse 5. Proverbs 26, verse 5. He said, you must answer a fool. Otherwise, he will be wise in his own conceit. In other words, occasionally you need to reply the false accuser. Just like Elijah did here. When Ahab accused him of being the one causing trouble in Israel, he replied him. He returned the accusation right back to him. He said, it's not me. It's you. And not you alone. Your father's house responsible for the problems. You see, in Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17, Isaiah 54, verse 17, the Bible says that any tongue that rises up against you in judgment, thou shalt condemn. In Mark chapter 11, verse 23, Mark 11, verse 23, the Bible tells us that when you find a mountain blocking your way, you speak to the mountain. Command the mountain to move. For example, in Acts chapter 13, from verse 6 to 13, Acts 13, from verse 6 to 13, while Paul was preaching to the governor, trying to convert him, to the ways of Christ, there was a sorcerer there that kept on interrupting, that kept on saying, don't mind them, it's after your money. Uh, the Bible said, Paul looked at him and told him, you'll be blind for a while because you are hindering the work of God. The Bible says immediately he, he, he couldn't even see. And somebody had to lead him out of the way. After which the governor, who saw the miracle that had happened, surrendered his life to Jesus Christ. May I use this opportunity to decree that every mountain blocking your way to success Everything trying to hinder you from reaching the goal that God has set for you be removed today. It takes the Holy Spirit to let you know the difference between when you should keep quiet and when you should talk. 
But some cases will be so clear that you won't even have to pray before you know what to do. Let's take a case study in Mark chapter 4 from verse 35 to 41. Mark 4, 35 to 41. The, the disciples were in a boat. The Lord was there sleeping. And then a storm came. When the disciples woke the Lord up, remember what they said? Don't you care that we perish? You know the meaning of that? What kind of captain are you? What kind of leader are you? You were sleeping at a time you were needed. Well, the Lord woke up. He didn't talk to these people first. He dealt with the problem first. He rebuked the wind. Then when everything was still, he now turned on them and said, what kind of faith do you have? In James chapter 4, verse 7, James chapter 4, verse 7, the Bible made it clear. As long as you have surrendered your life to the Almighty God, you must resist the devil. The Bible says you must not just resist the devil, you must do it steadfastly. First Peter chapter 5, from verse 8 to 9. First Peter 5 from verse 8 to 9. You must resist the devil steadfastly. At times, like the elders will say, it is inability to speak. That is the real reason why some people keep suffering. As a true child of the living God, you must know when to open your mouth and rebuke the enemy. You must be determined to speak to those who might be saying, where's your God? For example, in Psalm 115, you can read it from verse 1 to 3. Psalm 115, reading it from verse 1 to 3. The Bible says, if people say, where is your God? You should tell them, my God is in the heavens. And he's still doing as he pleases. So this particular Sunday, I want to encourage you to speak to sickness. Any sickness that is saying, where is your God? You should give that sickness an answer today. For example, in Matthew chapter 8, from verse 1 to 4, Matthew 8, from verse 1 to 4, 
The Bible tells us that a leper came, fell at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ, and said, I know, not even I believe, I know you can make me clean if you are willing. The Bible says, the Lord said, yes, I'm willing, touched him, and made him clean. And the man went everywhere testifying. What exactly happened here? This man is saying to sickness, an incurable one, you are saying, where is my God? I will tell you, my God is able to heal. And you will hear my testimony soon. Are you facing a sickness that seems to be defying medicine, defying every form of treatment? I encourage you today to speak to that sickness and tell it, sickness, your end will come soon. And the world will hear my testimony. Maybe it is poverty that is asking you, where is your God? <laughs> You've been going to church. You've been praying. You've been doing everything. And very soon, the landlord will chase you out of your house because you can't pay your rent. Speak out to poverty today. Tell poverty, my provider is still on his throne and he will come through for me and I will laugh last. Learn to speak and see what God will do. I mean, you know the story in 2 Kings chapter 4 from verse 1 to 7. 2 Kings chapter 4 from verse 1 to 7. You know the story of the widow of uh, the son of the prophet who was so deeply in debt that the creditor said, we will sell your children. She opened her mouth and cried to the great provider. And by the time those people came back to come and collect the children, it was their money they collected. And that woman never had to borrow again. Tell your creditors. Tell those who are saying that you are going to die in poverty. Tell them it will be in their presence when you begin to show that the blessings of the Lord make it rich and added no sorrow to it. Is it bondage, demonic oppression, that is saying, where is your God? Darkness, in one form or the other, saying, you're not going to get free 
Tell them. As long as my God is the light of the world, I will be free. My relations will be free. And you will be there to see me rejoicing. You know the story in Mark chapter 10, from verse 46 to 52, Mark 10, 46 to 52, when Bartimaeus was crying to God for mercy, the crowd around said, why are you wasting your time? God is not going to answer you. But he used his mouth to collect his miracle. The very people who said that God is not going to answer you, they became the vessel that brought him to the Lord Jesus Christ. And they were all there when his eyes popped open. And of course, you remember the case in Matthew 15, from verse 21 to 28. Matthew 15, 21 to 28. When that woman came and said, I'm not the one in bondage, it's my daughter. Lord, help me. Yeah, there were those people who told, him, told her, you're just making a noise for nothing. You're not going to get any help. But she pressed on. And at the end of the day, she got a miracle. I'm going to encourage you today that wherever you are listening to me, everything in your life that you know is saying, where's your God? Open your mouth and rebuke them. Spend quality time rebuking them. Do you know what? Even before this day is out, you'll be singing a new song. Conclusion. In Isaiah 54, verse 17, Isaiah 54, verse 17, when the Lord says that every tongue that rises against you in judgment thou shalt condemn, he added a proviso. He said, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Meaning what? The ability to rebuke those who are mocking you, the ability to rebuke those who are asking where is your God, is given only to those who are true children of God, not to pretenders. That is why if you are listening to me today and there are things mocking your life, making your life very unpleasant. Check your salvation. If you are truly saved, condemn those things, and they will leave you alone. If you are not truly saved, you can't blame the devil for tormenting his own. So if you have not given your life to Jesus, may I give you an opportunity to do so now? Wherever you are, bow your head, cry to the Almighty God, ask Him to please save your soul, 
ask him to let his light flood your entire life, rescue you from all forces of darkness, so that it might be known that God is seen in the heavens doing as he pleases. If you are in a church setting, may I encourage you at this moment to rush towards the altar and go and kneel down there and cry to God for salvation. And I will pray with you now, and my God will save your soul. Almighty God, the maker of heaven and earth, the unchangeable changer himself, I'm committing to your hand all these people who are asking you for salvation now. Every one of them, Lord, please receive. Please save their souls. Let your blood wash away their sins. And Lord God Almighty, receive them into the family of God. And from today onward, when they call on you, answer them by fire. And then, my Father and my God, I'm praying for all your children all over the world. As they stand boldly to rebuke all those things, mocking their God. Grant their request today. When they rebuke sickness or poverty or bondage, Lord God Almighty, give them a new song to sing. Everything that the enemy had thrown at your children that could be causing them to even begin to doubt the almightiness of God. This very day, Lord, return it to sender. And let your name and your name alone be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Please join us on this same station at this time for another wonderful experience as Pastor E.A. Adeboye exposes the deep mysteries in the Word of God.